Amen. It's good to see every one of you tonight. So I was uh, sitting uh, there listening and worshiping God. I think many times we come before God almost expecting nothing. You see how it goes tonight. We're not expecting anything to change. We're not expecting anything. We just want to go through the service. We know what's going to happen. The praise and worship team will come and they do a good job. And then we'll take their offering. And uh, we have prayer time. And pastor's going to say a few words. And then we close. Nobody's expecting anything much. I think that's where we're missing it. And then as the Lord was ministering to me uh, as we were worshiping, uh, every time he's in the house, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Every time, every time. He just were not looking for it. Uh, he was present in the house. There were Pharisees sitting there. The power of the Lord was there to heal. Nobody got healed except those who came to look for healing. Only those who came to look for healing. And you know the scriptures. Jesus walking on the way, everybody touching him, but nobody's being healed except the one that was looking for it. So we come and I'm guilty. I pray God will change the way I think. I'm, I'm in a minister. I want God to move. That's what I'm thinking. But I also want him to do things in my life and change situation while I'm present, in his presence, Without me even knowing, but I will experience it. Things happen whenever we come into his presence. Your life is being changed. Nobody leaves his presence empty-handed. It's just, that's a given. Nobody leaves his presence empty-handed. And we have to know, uh, the scripture says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of, of him. He's there. He is here tonight. And we can always receive from him and expect something to change. May God help us with our attitude. So you, because that's why people don't go much. Because you go and they don't receive anything. It's like the pastor has to deliver. pastor has nothing to deliver. He has everything to deliver. We just have to be looking for it. And uh, we come expecting we will receive. It's always that way. My life's going to change tonight. I'm going to hear something tonight uh, that God will minister to my spirit. That will change my life. And God changed my life. I remember when I received him, everything got transformed. I mean, my whole life was changed. It was like yesterday. But everything stopped. The power of God. I didn't know it was power of God, but I didn't want to go back to where I was. I was somewhere, but I wasn't going back there. I knew I had left that place. His power was over there in my life. I didn't recognize it. But those around me, they did recognize it. And it was a day-to-day thing. Before long, they all knew, he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do this anymore. What happened to you, people asked. But that same power is available to us every day. It's available to us every day to change your life and change your situation. If God can change your life, 
and transform you and take those things that bothered you and turn them around where you no longer have them, why can't you change those situations? How difficult is that compared to changing a life? How difficult? He can heal. So we really need to have, yeah, you know, our minds, it's, you're here tonight, but the whole congregation, those that are here on Sunday, same thing. Come expecting something to change. Because if you're still the same, the way you were yesterday, you're not growing, you're regressing. You're going backward. We have to be doing something, getting closer to God. Amen. Would you stand up to, with me tonight? I got those things in my heart I needed to share. It's so, so, so important. God reminding us whenever we are in his presence, his power is there to heal. And we two or three are gathered. We will not think about it, but he doesn't forget his promise. He knows we are gathered together in his name. He is right here with us. We may not be able to see him, but he's here with us. And if he's here, he will be Jesus. And what he did in Bible days, he is able to do today. They expected it in Bible days. And if we want to receive, we have to come in the same way they came in Bible days. That's the way it is. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to have you all here tonight. I have this year the unstoppable spirit of grace. The unstoppable spirit of grace. It's funny. The grace of God. In the Old Testament, there were only a few people that carried that in their lives. That found grace. In the sight of God. The children of Israel had grace. But there were certain individuals. That carried the spirit of grace. It was always there. But today. That spirit of grace is available to every one of us. Every one of us. Carry that spirit of grace. That was in the life of Moses. Every one of us. In the New Testament. Yes. Every single one of us have that spirit of grace that they carried. The same spirit of grace on David is upon you and more. Because it was on David, but now is in you. He came on David for service, on Samson for service. Only when he's needed, he comes upon them. But he was gone. But today, That same spirit lives with you. So you always carry that unstoppable spirit of grace. And there's nothing to fear. It was the power of the love of God that made that available to us. The power of God's love made grace available to us. And we have that living spirit of grace inside of us. And so we, can't, we are unstoppable. I mean, you can't threaten Moses. He knew what he had. The whole of Egypt found out. And they feared Moses. 
Because he was carrying that grace. And he carried that grace with confidence. And we're saying, I wish I was Moses. No, that's Old Testament. You are more, according to the words of Jesus, than Moses. You just don't act it. And don't expect much. True. You don't expect much. I don't expect much. I want to see the same power. It's available to us today. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you are of God. How many people are of God tonight? How many people are of God tonight? You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Not going to, according to the scriptures, because you are of God, you have overcome them. You have overcome them because he who is in you, that unstoppable spirit of grace that is upon you, is greater than the one that's in the world. Is greater than the one that's in the world. What are we talking about? And we're talking about overcoming And then we're talking about he who is in us because the one who is in the world is doing something to hinder you, to oppress you, to take from you, to destroy you, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus is saying, you have the unstoppable spirit of grace and you cannot be hindered. You cannot be stopped. All we need to do is believe it. No one can stop us. No one can kill you. I was talking to Pastor Larry today. If somebody comes in here with a gun, I'm not scared of his little metal in his hand. He can't kill me with that little metal. He just doesn't have the ability. I'm not going to be afraid. But if God allows it, he promoted me, grew it, to a better place. My family may not like that, but I like it. That's great promotion. I mean, to die in church, what was, was greater than that? <laughs> Nothing better than that. Forever people are going to be talking about it. I'm not calling for that to happen, but that's the way to go. But I'm not going to be scared that they have a gun and I'm going to probably tell the guy, you can't kill me with that little stuff you have in your hand. Unless God allows it. And if that's the will of God, uh, that's a good way to go. The Bible says they rejoiced because they were counted, counted worthy. Listen. Counted worthy to suffer in his name. And you know about Stephen when he died? That's an amazing thing. Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand. But the king of the universe was standing to receive him. What greater honor? That's greater than all the presidents put together standing up to receive you. He's the king of the universe. That's the way it is. You have that spirit of grace upon you. The enemy is doing things in your life, outside your life. That's why the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. What are we talking about? The one in the world is is doing all he can to hinder you, to stop you, to molest you and cause all kinds of problems. But the Bible is saying, they can't hurt you because the unstoppable spirit of grace in your life is greater than what 
that thing is doing outside there. And the one inside you is also working for you against what they are doing. So you got no reason to be afraid. I remember going back to my country to do a crusade. And I've said this here before. They said in this village, Olume, they said they have this little demon that comes in as a ball of light. And he goes in front of them, skipping. And the pastor said, brother, good luck. Ah, this demon, or they call it Juju, okay, whatever. He's going, to be a, he's going to be very mad you're coming to preach. So we need to fast and pray. No, I'm not fasting and praying for a little demon. I'm not doing that. He said, you've come again with this, your American Christianity. I said, this is not American Christianity. This is real Christianity. But I, if somebody has to fast, let that demon go fast. But I'm not doing it for him. And he's going to be mad. Oh, let him be mad. I like him mad. We got through all the crusades. And I, nobody, I never said anything to any of them. It was a school teacher that stood up on stage... The last time of day of the crusade, she asked a simple question in their language. And said, has anyone seen and called the name of this demon? And everybody in the crowd shouted, no, I was glad. And then she said, we have driven him out of town. No one has seen from 25 clans, clans. No one has seen him. He was scared of us. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We had no fear. Angela, we watched all the videos while I'm speaking, people manifesting in the field. And they are being delivered. A woman that was insane for two years walked around and slept outside. God healed her. They brought her to the meeting. I never even knew she was insane. As soon as I was coming down, she looked, took one look at me and she started running. I, I, I ran after her. <laughs> Put my hand on her. She was scratching my hand so bad. I said, hold her hand back. She's hurting me. <laughs> but I didn't know she was insane. Completely healed. The next day I saw her, she came to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. To speak with other tongues. And she came, she was around them with the people. I, I, I think I have a video in the office there. But the one who is in us is greater. There is nothing to fear. Now, the enemy is going to come and bring us trouble. Yes, that's given. But greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. The Bible has already told us that. We don't recognize that. But he lives in us. God is living inside you. I, and my father will come and make our dwelling with you. So if he is with me, I have nothing to be afraid of. He'll take care of me and my troubles and everything. Because he is God. He is God. You know, God sent Moses. And like I said, the enemy is doing this stuff. God has a way of reversing it. One thing that I've discovered is this. Satan can cause trouble. And do things. But he doesn't know how to reverse it. Only God can. Some of the time I, I read in the scriptures. You see how in, in, in Exodus. Moses goes and he turns water into blood. Right? And the magicians of Pharaoh. They say big deal. We'll turn water into blood. Read it. It's there. Was it real blood? Oh, yes. 
Did the magicians actually turn water into blood? Yes. If you don't believe it, go read the Bible. <laughs> That's what it says. It was real blood. The magicians did it outside, outside God. Right? That's the power that's in the world. They can do some things. But the problem is, they can't reverse it for good. They can't. They'll turn the water to blood like Moses did. But now Pharaoh is hurting because there's no water. Guess who he goes to? Moses. Only Moses can reverse it. They can't. They will bring flies, and, but they can't reverse it. Only Moses, only God can do what's good. That's the power that lives in us is greater. It's greater. Satan does evil. He's outside. He can do some things and cause you to have pain. But God is able to reverse it. That's what we must know. Because greater is he, the spirit of grace that is in us, is unstoppable. We hinder him. We hold back God because we, we can't believe that. It's so easy to believe what we see because we see everything happening around us. We're taken by what we see and what we're hearing and we forget what is Don't say the Lord. We don't focus on that anymore. And we're used to repeating what everybody's saying and, and we tell ourselves we're just being real. You know you're not being real. You're being silly. I mean, I use that word. <laughs> I wanted to say a stronger word than that. But I know my wife's not going to let me rest when we get home. <laughs> but just, that's just the truth. This thing is real. God is real. And God's for me. So no matter what trouble the enemy brings to my life, I know God's real. And because I know God's real, he's going to be well. All things work together for good. I've got, like I said in my message, settle that in your heart. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. There's a scripture here, when you read it, it's kind of baffling. If God's dealing with you, this is the way God does. He doesn't give you all the information. He tells you what to do and leave you to yourself. You know why? It's a work of faith. It's a work of faith. Even with prophecy, He won't give you everything. The, the most the thing about prophecy, I've had this happen. You read a scripture and you are excited about the scripture. And you go to church and you're happy and all of a sudden the scripture comes into your head and a voice tells you, speak that as word of prophecy. You say, where's what you say? No, I was just reading that yesterday. This is not God speaking to me. You say, what I mean? So I'm not saying it. And then God uses another person and says, wow, God said that to me first. I've heard that. I usually say, oh, that's wonderful. In my mind, as I walk away, why didn't you say it? Because the enemy says, you can't say that. That came from God. You, you read it. 
two days ago. But you read it. God gave you, prepared you for his people. And if you have spoken it, even if it's just a scripture, it means nothing to you at that point. But somebody in the congregation says, wow, that was for me. You see how much we miss him? Because we want to hear a big voice from heaven. Hey! And say, oh, that was God. So now I can speak. Still small voice. And then he waits for obedience. See if you will step out of the boat and walk on water. He's not going to make you come out of the boat. He just tells you, come. Go back to the scripture of Exodus chapter 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say, to Aaron. So God already know, he already knew what Pharaoh was going to say to them before they went into his presence. God already knew. And notice what he said to them. Pharaoh would say to you, God said to, Aaron, to, uh, to them, so say to Aaron, in other words, don't even listen to Aaron. Basically, it's funny. God doesn't allow Moses to speak to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is too little. He tells Aaron, tell him. Right? Because God said to Moses, I have made you God unto Pharaoh. Yeah. I made you God unto Pharaoh. If that was the grace then for Moses, that's what... It is for us today. If God's living in you, you carry God, right? God's made you God over the demons. That's why you can cast them out. So he says, Pharaoh says, show, me, show a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, uh, to Pharaoh, and they did so. So they did what God said, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. I'm sure they did that, and then they stood back. That see this, but you know God didn't tell them. Those magicians will do the same. Okay? God didn't tell them that. Read the scripture. They had to discover what was going to happen. In Pharaoh, it says, verse 11, But Pharaoh also called the wise men and sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did like, in like manner, with their enchantments. In other words, they didn't use God, they did it with their magic stuff. Question, God did ask me this years ago, and it was like a discussion in my head. God said, was it, but, was it real snake, the magician snakes? Were they real snakes? 
I never thought about that. I said, uh, well, the Bible says it's snakes, so it must be a real snake. And then the next question God asked me is, did I do that? So you mean the devil can have a real snake, a crawling snake from a stick? Really? Is that, is that true? That that really happened? A real snake from a stick by enchantment with eyes and can really crawl? And from, encha- from an enchantment, magic, a real snake, was that true? God is like, thou knowest. <laughs> okay? But the thing is, yes. And then the next question, if the devil can do that, what stops him from bringing cancer into a person's body? That's a real snake. Right? Think about it. Think about it. If the devil can do that, why can't he bring trouble into your life? What's going to, he did that right in the presence of, of Moses. And God was present. And that happened. But the trouble is, God never warned Moses and Aaron that that was going to happen. Were they moved? No. They knew this was going to, God knew that that was going to happen. And Moses didn't con- uh, command his rod to eat the rest of this. Um, he didn't do anything. That snake knew exactly what to do. Ate them all up. Yeah. My mind is, let the devil bring up, bring the cancer cells into the body, but the Spirit of God will kick them all out of the body. And, and, and I said, that rod, this, the, the rod of Moses was in fatter after he's eaten all of their rods, right? I don't know how many magicians. Otherwise, Moses and Aaron would have to carry their rod. It was a simple rod. Because the spirit of grace is unstoppable. And we carry that. We carry that. And we don't have anything to be afraid of. Because God's with us. And if God be for us, Scripture is written clearly. Who and what can be against us? Do we really believe this? If we really believe from all of our hearts, we'll go to sleep. No worries. And then if you think maybe I caused this, just speak to God and ask God for forgiveness. And he says, as far as the east is from the west. I will put away your iniquities and I will never remember them. As if it never happened. The problem is there and God recognized you, this is illegal. You can be here. But that's exactly what happened here. He had all of it. You know, the Bible is clear. Grace is greater than the law. Grace is greater than the law. Think about it. In the Old Testament, 
those who carried the grace of God, they were not perfect. They were not perfect. And yet unusual things were happening in their lives. Why? Because they carried that spirit of grace. When, you're, when you have the spirit of grace in your life, you find favor in God's sight and it shields you from everything else that everyone is going through. Grace is greater than the law. Jesus was the man of grace. The Bible makes it clear to us. It says, actually it was John the Baptist, he said he cried out in the wilderness. John was crying out, the Bible tells us. He says, and of his fullness, we have received and grace for grace. He said, John cried out in the wilderness, talking about Jesus. John cried out, I mean yelling to the people about Jesus. We have received from him Grace for grace, or some translation, grace upon grace. Not going to, we have received from him. Grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. The reason why that is, because the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Well, the words that Moses gave were, was true. But there was no grace. So he didn't work for them. But when Jesus came, he was grace and truth. We have received from him. We received from him even before you were born. God was already there. Of his fullness. So Jesus, full of the grace of God. And we have. You can exhaust it. Grace for grace. For one thing to another thing. The grace of God is always there. For whatever you're going through, grace is greater. The law brought us a lot of difficulty. Paul says in Romans 7, I was alive once before the law. And then the law came and I died. But grace brings you back alive. And keeps you alive. From his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. Grace for grace. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth, they came through Jesus. The word of God tells us this very clear in Romans chapter 8 verse 3, which we know, there is therefore no condemnation for those. And he tells us, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son. And for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus was the man of grace. When grace comes into your life. Sin is condemned. The power of sin. What causes us. The, the trouble that we experience today on earth. Is because of sin. 
sin in the world. But when grace comes, it destroys it. Jesus was that man of grace. He was grace personified. He was grace, the grace of God. So he was full of it. Grace upon grace. Of his fullness we receive. And we are still receiving today. Because we read grace upon grace. And I can receive grace anytime from God. We can. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin. He condemned. It's it's funny. You can see in scriptures the way God does his things. From the very beginning, God was clear. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And you know, in Numbers, when the serpents were biting the children of Israel in the wilderness, it was the type. So the flesh is what causes it. Jesus took that flesh and he condemned it. Sin in our flesh. So the Bible is very clear. In 1 John 3 verse 8, He who sins is of the devil. That's the major problem. But the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, for this purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know the works of the devil? Notice it's not just sin. Huh? Sickness, that's one of his works. Causing people trouble, that's one of his, another of his works. Causing confusion, anxiety, everything that God says you shouldn't have, that's what he wants to bring. Not just the work of the devil, he condemned the works. That he might destroy, I like the word, that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know, all those things that are happening to you, if Jesus has destroyed them, you just have false symptoms. They are not really real. But if you call them real, you have it real. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I always tell Christians, when you get saved, there's only one thing that can make, let me know whether you are mature or a baby. What I hear you say. I can place, and you can place me by what you say. Once you start expressing fear, I know where you are. Some people enjoy talking about sickness all the time. Sick, sick, sick. Pray for me, pay sick, sick, sick. And I know where you are. I mean, I'm not going to judge you. I know where you are. And so we know where to start working. And you continue that way, you will be very sickly. Because your words are against his words. You have accepted what Satan has delivered to you. And you signed for the package. Now you got your baby. Deal with it. I remember when before uh, Omar was born, Angela and I were married. Hey, let's go here. And we get in the car and we're gone. Now, after Omar was born, we can't just say, let's go here. We have to consider him. Do something about him first before you think about going anywhere. We love him, but boy, (laughs) we got to deal with him. 
even going to a restaurant, we have to think about him. Do they have a seat for him? Where are we going to have him? Your life's changed. You signed for the package. It's your baby now. And you got to deal with it. eh? And carry that baby everywhere you go. I'm sick. I'm sick. Yeah, that's who you are. I am means you're saying, if I walk up to you, what would I say if I've never met you before? I'll tell you, I am. Good luck. And you say, I am sick. Yes, that's who you are. Sick. You're sick. What comes out of your mouth? That's so important. That's so important. So we really need to learn to speak how to talk speak your native language is found here you can learn the language amen you see most Americans won't say gooder and gooder okay but for me that's good English gooder amen that's what it is Listen to this. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Why? Because you are not under the law, but under grace. The only reason sin cannot dominate your life, don't mean you can never ever sin, but the only reason why sin cannot take full control of your life to the place where you think, I'm helpless. I'm addicted. I can't be free. The only reason you'll be free if you realize you are under grace. And grace cannot be stopped. Once you start speaking, listen, I'm under grace. This is illegal. I can't have this. Yes, you are still be beaten, but you realize you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You can't be stopped. Stay with grace. That's the point. No matter what you're going through, don't speak about it. But speak about what God is doing, and acknowledge that, and give Him glory. After God spoke to Abraham, Abraham about having a child. Abraham, God, you can look into the scriptures the way God dealt with him. God changed his name. From Abraham to Abraham, father of many nations. So he was speaking something that he couldn't become. He introduced himself, I am father of many nations. And the guy says, where is your son? But but he was speaking with God. And the Bible says he confessed a good confession, giving glory to God and was never moved. And his body was transformed because of what was coming out of his his mouth. He believed in God. And God counted it to him for righteousness. You see, that's how he got righteous. Because he believed and confessed. It's, It's amazing. As soon as God told him, this is what's going to happen. Your wife's going to have a child. He, and he says, go back home, circumcise, 
He says he believed God. And guess what he did? He got back home, got everybody circumcised, including himself. Preparing himself for what God had said. He started introducing himself. Said nothing much to anybody. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why do we gather? We gather to learn the way they lived and moved with God. The ways of the Lord. We have to learn the ways of the Lord. And if we say to to ourselves, now I found that way, I'm going to try to work on this. Then you have results. You have results. It's just the way it worked. You know, I've shared this here before. For many years, I just wanted to see somebody's deaf ear open. And, and Dom, those things were amazing to me. I've seen people come up and testify, but I didn't know if they were really deaf or dumb. I, I see them come up, but I, I wasn't aware of it. And so I thought about it. How, do, how does God do this? Why is it that some individuals can do this and I can't? What's going on? They have the same Holy Spirit. God, you got to help me. Constantly ruling that thing in my mind, wanting to see it. And then God showed me, this is the way to get it done. And I, I saw it happen right before my, they warned me. We're bringing a deaf and dumb, I probably have it in video, a deaf and dumb woman. And we'll bring her and I said, wow, this is a good, good opportunity to try this out. Amen. And God did it. Instantly. Can hear and can speak. And God's still doing it today. All the time, I had no idea what was going on. I just do what he says. Come out of the boat and walk on water. And that's all I did. The rest of it is up to him. I see nothing, feel nothing. But his word. He stays true to his word. That's about healing. But the same applies to every area of life. I just have to be still and know that he is God. I am under grace. Seeing the most powerful thing on earth against my life. That's number one. Wickedness against my life. That's number one. The greatest evil against my life is not just sin against God. This thing is here to destroy me. It's not about whether God likes it or not. When it comes, his intention is to destroy my life. And it's the most powerful thing against us because we were born in that born that way. Because it's even with that, when you apply grace, it cannot dominate your life. Cannot dominate your life. I, I, I get this scripture. Paul says, First Corinthians chapter three, verse three. He says, "For you are still carnal." I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about those of them outside there. But you are still kind of, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not kind of and behaving like mere men? When all you see is fault with other people, criticizing, causing division in the church, striving, competing, 
that this I never seen anything as stupid. I, I said the word. <laughs> Angela, have mercy. <laughs> then to be competing. We're not competing. We are on the same team. We don't compete. I'm glad to see you do well. I'm glad to see you excel. As a minister, I said, whatever God's called you to do. We're not competing. I don't come looking for fault to find out what I can say about you. That's not what we're, that's not what, when you do things like that, you are still a baby. Caught on. A mature Christian person, spiritual person, when you do that, God said, you brought yourself low. You are not ordinary. That's what the scripture, mere men, meaning ordinary men. When you become a Christian, you are not ordinary. You are not just a man. You are man plus. That's what it is. There's something different and God cannot lie. And Paul is saying, you lowered yourself by the way you're talking and by the way you're acting. You carry the spirit of grace. You're not just like them. Don't do things like them. Strife, division, envy, competition, backbiting and all of that craziness. Criticizing, you can't see anything good, but you try, every time you show up, you're trying to find what they're doing wrong. You sh- that's, that's not your business. If you focus on that, I know why you're focusing on that. You are a baby. Every little thing you need, you need to, to uh, you, they need to give you your pacifier. You need to be pacified. Once you start complaining, say, please. Give him his password. Put it in his mouth. He'll be happy for a while. Till the pacifier falls off his mouth. His back like, yeah! We're going to have problem again. So, so really, you are not ordinary. You carry the spirit of grace. And if you realize that you carry yourself differently, Moses, he carried himself different from the, from the rest of them. He was different. David, the same. There were people in David's 600 men that were more powerful than David himself. But he carried the spirit of grace. They didn't. And they knew to respect that spirit of grace in him. So you carry yourself that way. You are not just mere men. You are of God, little children. And you have overcome the world. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Everything the world, what they are doing in the world, I'm not scared of them. I know people, it's just like enemy, 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 enemy. That's not what to pay, to pay attention to. Act like they don't exist. Because there's only one to pay attention to. Jesus. I don't like if you do anything that draws from Jesus and focus on you. I don't like it. Anything. I don't care what it is. 
good or bad things. I just don't want the focus left taken out of Jesus. And then we have to be talking about you in church. No, we don't need to talk about you. Let it be about Jesus. As I was telling Brother Larry today, the thing disappeared. When it comes to Jesus, let it be Jesus and not about you. If it's about you, what you're wearing, good or bad. If you do it and it's too holy, when they come to church, everybody's talking about you. They're not talking about Jesus. It's not good anymore. It's evil. Because now the focus is left Jesus. Now we're talking about you in church. That's silly. You meant well, but you drew attention to yourself. That's why it's wrong. Because it's not off of Jesus. It's now on you. Jesus, when they came to pick him up for crucifixion, they needed Judas to identify him. Why? He looked like the rest of them. The only way to identify him is when that spirit of grace begins to move. Then you know that's him. That's him. They're missing. And that's the way it should be for us. We're not ordinary. Amen? We are not ordinary. You know, hey, time. There are three things that the Spirit of Grace, three things that makes us unstoppable, that the Spirit of Grace is delivered to us. Three things. Number one, knowledge. Number two, wisdom. Three, understanding. Those three things, they've made us unstoppable. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I'm going to read this, and then I'll quit. Because my wife is just speaking on Angela tonight. <laughs> uh, the Bible says, as it is written, I has not seen, he hasn't heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has set aside for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. No one knows the things of a man except the things of, except the spirit that is in him, the spirit of the man that is in him. And no one knows the things of God but the spirit. The spirit of God searches the deep things of God. But when I've noticed something about those who have that spirit of grace, you know, Christians, they don't realize what's going on when they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They can counsel people. But never been in a school to be taught how to counsel people and get them right. They just know what to do. Know that? Christians can counsel. Just I have this problem. They'll tell you what to do. And give you words of wisdom. And they don't even realize you're speaking things that people have to pay a lot of money to get. The spirit of counsel. I counsel people. And sometimes I'm speaking and listening to myself. And I say to my, 
Hey, you're so smart. <laughs> because I don't know where that's coming. I'm listening to myself giving them this great counsel. And it makes a lot of sense. And then they're they are really, they really taking it. And thank you, Pastor. That's so wonderful. And I think to myself, that was really smart. Where did I get it from? Right? It's the spirit of counsel. That is upon your life. Spirit of wisdom. I see a lot of Christians can counsel people. They have never been in school. And they can help people and move them along. Better than some counselors, professional counselors can do. It's the spirit of grace. Amen? It's that spirit of grace upon your life. Let me read this scripture and I quit. Isaiah 11, verse 2 and 3. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, upon her. The spirit of what? Wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. That's what Solomon had. The spirit of knowledge of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall judge by the sight of, he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. So not what you see, nor decide by the hearing of the ear. In other words, he's deep inside. He's the Spirit of God. They're telling you one thing, but the Spirit of God shows you that's not really the problem. This is what it is. Stand up on me tonight. And you carry that spirit of counsel. It's in your life. Amen? And you can always talk to God and talk to the Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom. Show me. And he'll show you. I like that scripture. It says, call to God. Call, call to me. And I will answer you. Will answer you. And show you great and mighty things that you don't know. That's the promise. And God keeps his promise. Amen. Would you lift your hands up tonight if you don't mind to the Lord and surrender to the words that you've heard. I know that the words for everyone is different. God must have spoken to you something tonight. Your life is being changed tonight. Believe that God is giving you something in your life that's going to transform your life. Things are going to get better. You will believe God even greater tonight. Tonight, there is hope in you that's rising up in you and saying, things will never be the same. God's coming to my life. Things are going to change. And they'll change for the better. For every child of God, things will always change for the better. You can't stay where you are and stay by that, that mountain for this long. God said, you've circled the mountain long enough. It's time to go into the promised land. And tonight is that night where you can go into the promised land and believe God. Believe God with me tonight. Let's believe God to go to a higher place. To run to the rock of our salvation. To run to that name of Jesus. It's our strong tower. Father, thank you for your word tonight. May your word find its place in our lives, O oh God. And may we embrace the word and act on the word by your grace so that we can experience everything that you've given to us. Lord, I see mighty men and women standing before you today, hands lifted up before you, and your grace 
full, the full of your grace according to your word. That spirit of wisdom, that spirit of knowledge, of the fear of the Lord, that spirit of cancer upon their lives tonight. In the name of Jesus, yes, they have received grace upon grace from our God. I thank you for everyone that's standing before you tonight. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We know that you are here. We know that you love us. He said in your word, haven't loved your own that are in the world. You love them even to the very end. And that's what we're experiencing tonight. Fill our lives with your goodness. Fill our lives with your greatness. Let men see your greatness in our lives. We thank you tonight. We go from this place blessed because we have received from our God tonight. And we are grateful. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. God bless you.